download and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasting from the JNK Twin Studios. This is the Reds Fans Chatter Podcast Breakdown, an in-depth look at a Red season, player, or game. Now, here's your hosts, Scott Evans and Nick Lawson. And welcome to another episode of Reds Fans Chatter pa- Reds Fans Chatter Podcast Breakdown. Easy for me to say. I'm Scott Evans. He is Nick Lawson. What's going on, man? Well, uh, tongue twister to start the show today. Uh, it's it's going to be awful. I, I don't know wh- why, but I've been tripping up over my own words all day. Well. I don't know. <laughs> I got nothing. You got nothing. So anyway, nothing. anyway, before we get started on this show, uh, uh, be sure to visit our sponsor, uh, Holy Grail Steak uh, Company at redsfanschatter.com slash steaks. Uh, great deal there. Uh, you can get two or more tomahawk steaks uh, with 25% off with the code word at redsfanschatter.com steak. And don't forget to uh, be sure to subscribe to our show wherever you listen to us. Take a screenshot of that and send it to contest at redsfanschatter.com and you can win a Marty Brenneman Cincinnati Reds Hall of Fame ceremony microphone that actually uh, talks. It says... <laughs> and it's even dated April 26, 2020. Of course, that ceremony uh, got delayed until 2021 at least. Yeah, it sucks. Mm, yes, it does. So hopefully, uh, hopefully next season all the big ceremonies uh, can return. Uh, hopefully, we find out one way or the other sooner than later. But uh, I guess we'll find out. Hopefully, we we'll back to normal here soon. Hopefully. So anyway, this week uh, we're going to call in audible. Originally, we were going to talk about the 2012 team. We'll do that next week. This week, though, we're going to talk about uh, a man, great man uh, from the Cincinnati Reds organization, a great player, great executive, great broadcaster, who unfortunately passed away this past week, uh, Joe Morgan. Little Joe Morgan. Uh, Hall of Famer. Uh, I, it sucks I didn't get to meet him. Um, I, I got to see him in person for some ceremonies, for his statue ceremony, and, and I was there for that. and. But I never got to see him play. I was too I was too young, and, and I never got to meet him. But uh, it sucks we lost uh, one of the big red machine. You know, it was a bird. Sparky's got that team right now. Is he on a second baseman now? Right. So uh, yeah, I, it's it it's a sad. It was a sad day. It's been a sad week uh, to lose little Joe Morgan, and uh, just you know, prayers to his family and friends. Absolutely. So uh, this show, we are going to go through and uh, talk about his career, uh, his baseball career, his broadcasting career. And of course, you know, he actually made some uh, TV appearances, too, and in uh, various uh, television shows. And uh, uh, I know one. You do? Go ahead. Yeah, he was on. I uh, made an appearance on Married with Children. Absolutely, I actually saw that last night. So during, during the strike with Mike Piazza and Dave Winfield, I believe. Right. I was a big fan of the show. Yeah, he he actually uh, he was on the show, but that did not make his internet movie database based page. So <laughs> that's a shame. See, they should let me type that. <laughs> 
<laughs> so anyway, let's uh, let's get into it. Start talking about Joe Morgan, born September nineteenth, nineteen forty three. Uh, of course, died October eleventh in of this uh, year, and uh, played with the Reds uh, during the Big Red Machine days. Played for the whole Houston Code Forty Fives and the Astros, and uh, was one of six children born in. Uh, Texas lived there until he was five. His family moved to Oakland and got the nickname Little Joe because uh, he was a short for a baseball player anyway, five foot seven inches, uh, standout pl- baseball player at Castlemont High School, but got zero offers for major league teams due to his size. So we, last week we talked about Pete Rose and how there was not much interest in him to become a major leaguer and would not have gotten a chance if it were not for his uncle. And with Joe Morgan uh, out of high school, uh, no interest whatsoever, played college baseball at Oakland City College, and then finally got signed uh, by the Houston Code 45s as an amateur draft or amateur free agent in 1962. Got a $3,000 signing bonus, and which for back then was probably quite a bit, and a uh, $500 per month salary. Now we got to remember back then there was no draft. No. You know, guys, you kind of played high school and college, and you hope somebody would look at you and give you a signing bonus and sign you up. And right. and he and he found the Bolt Liquor team at the time, <laughs> the Houston Colt Forty Fives. I think they were actually about the guns, they're not the. Uh, not I know. The, oh, but uh, <laughs> oh, we we call them the Houston Cheaters these days, but you know that's oh, just a different story, absolutely. different era. <laughs> Uh, made his major league debut on September 21st, 1963. Early in his career, uh, actually had trouble with uh, his swing uh, because he's kept his back elbow too low. But then uh, his teammate Nellie Fox uh, suggested to Morgan that while he was at the plate to start flapping his arm like a chicken to keep his elbow up, which uh, kind of became his uh, trademark. Yeah, I was wondering about that. <laughs> so... Um, Anyway, played 10 seasons with the uh, 45s and the Astros, 72 home runs with them, 219 stolen bases, uh, was named an all-star twice uh, during this time with the Astros in 1966 and 1970. Uh, in 1966, June uh, 25th, uh, got hit by a line drive in his knee during batting practice, uh, which put him out of, out of the lineup for 40 games. Yeah, that sucks too. It, it, and nobody this, understands... Nobody understands when you get hit by a ball, it really hurts. <laughs> yeah, well, this actually this actually broke his kneecap, so uh, that's Ouch. not. Yeah, exactly. But uh, and this is this kind of shows how important uh, Joe Morgan was to whatever team he played for. Uh, while he was out, the Astros went eleven and twenty nine. Wow! And that were they, were they were they the Astros in sixty six? Uh, this was in sixty six. I'm not sure if it was the if they were the Astros or the Cold Forty Fives. Uh, then, uh, but, uh, I mean, he had a good eye to play it, man. He looked at that year at 89 walks and 43 strikeouts. Wow. That's amazing. What a great, well, I mean, that's just having a great eye to play. That's why. Oh, he's absolutely. Um, sorry. I kind of threw you off, didn't I? Yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they actually were the Astros and they became the uh, Astros December 1st, 1964. Oh, okay. Yeah. The, uh, the Colt company, uh, the, the gun maker wanted actually uh, royalties from the merchandise. So, uh, they changed their name. 
Yeah, they still suck. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, but you know, at least they weren't cheating back then using Cold 45s. That would have put a brand new twist on the game versus a trash can. They'll offer it up to the, to the team they're playing and they get them drunk. <laughs> I can't hit. Well, I was thinking of the guns. Oh, okay. And the malt liquor too. <laughs> you, you, you have alcohol in your mind tonight. <laughs> Yeah, it's Monday. You know, I gotta have something to drink. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, but the Astros wanted more power in their lineup, so they uh, and uh, for some reason, their manager Harry Walker uh, considered Morgan a troublemaker. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So they traded the Reds uh, as part of a blockbuster multiplayer deal. On November 29th, 1971, announced that the Reds uh, are at the baseball's winter meetings. Uh, Reds, of course, gave up Lee May, Tommy Helms, Jimmy Stewart. All great Reds legends, but uh, you know what? Joe Morgan, I think, is better than all three of them combined. Yeah, I didn't like Jimmy Stewart in uh, in his movies. Oh. He's a terrible ball player, too. <laughs> oh, it's a different guy. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, so it's considered one of the best trades, uh, in Cincinnati Reds history, especially for a, a, a blockbuster type trade, because, uh, too many times those don't, uh, have long-term, um, positive results. I mean, it, it's, it's, they're few and far between occasion. You'll get a, you know, you'll trade away somebody no one will ever hear of and get a Brandon Phillips or a Scott Rowland. Actually, Scott Rowland was a little bit different, or Brandon Phillips or a uh, Suarez um, type of player back. But uh, the the big multiplayer trade deals, a lot of times those fall flat or you just get a couple of good years out of the, out of the player. Uh, Matt Latos still comes to mind. Uh, Red's got a few, a couple good years out of Matt Latos and then, of course, uh, he's out of baseball while uh, Yasmani Grandal is one of the better players in the league. <laughs> so, but in, in this case, the Reds definitely got the better end of the deal. Yeah, I mean, you hated to give up the big bop early May. I mean, imagine if if that. I mean, you could have traded that one straight up for, for Lee May and for Joe Morgan. The other guys were just thrown in there. Tommy Helms right. is one of them. Well, and the Reds also got in the deal. Cesar Geronimo. Oh, okay. Uh, yep, yep. And starting pitcher Jack Billingham, and uh, minor league outfielder Ed Armbrister, and uh, Dennis Minky. Of course, uh, Morgan joined uh, leadoff hitter Pete Rose as a catalyst for the Big Red Machine. And uh, you know, even though the A's wanted more, the, not the A's, the Astros wanted more home run power. Uh, Morgan showed that power with the Reds. Yeah, Joe was he was the final piece in the puzzle uh, for the Big Red Machine. Plus, obviously, we getting Cesar Geronimo and and Ed Armbruster and Dennis Mankey didn't really play a factor right, in that. And, because and, and and of course, Cactus Jack Billingham. Jack Billingham. I mean, Jack was a uh, was a great pitcher. He was really underrated uh, for a guy that was considered a, basically a reliever with the Astros. Right. And he came to Reds as a starter and was a pretty damn good starter. And, uh, of course, as part of the Big Red Machine, Morgan made eight all-star appearances, 72 through 79, to go along with his 1966 and 1970 appearances with Houston in the all-star game. Of course, uh, Pete Rose, Johnny Pinch, Tony Perez, Dave Concepcion, uh, also on the team, uh, led the Reds to uh, consecutive championships with the, in the World Series in 75 and 76. Can't fail to mention the rest of the uh 
Great aid with that as well with uh, Geronimo and um, um, Dave Park, not Dave Parker, uh, George Foster. Um, Wrong guy. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. So, well, plus you get a look at to the Reds. They're a big red machine. We figure seventy. Well, we'll go seventy because no Joe wasn't there yet. Yeah. Okay, from okay. seventy to seventy nine, they were they were in a postseason like six times and then seventy. Oh, absolutely! Wow, yeah, he awesome. uh, Morgan got the uh, MVP uh, award in seventy five and seventy six, and was first second baseman in history of the National League to win the MVP back to back. In Morgan's MLV or MVP years, he combined for a three twenty four batting average, forty four home runs, two hundred and five runs batted in. 246 walks and 127 stolen bases. Wow. Yeah, it's, that's, incre- it's, that's incredible. I mean, t- those are two season numbers. So the home runs are probably down from today's baseball, but the the stolen bases uh, are, is just kind of amazing. And the 324 batting average, batting average is in the league, even for the top guys, uh, continue to go down in the league. It's, either pitching gets better, and I think the. Uh, I, I think with uh, analytics, which George, uh, which uh, Joe Morgan did not uh, was not too big of a fan of, uh, but I think it's changed the hitting philosophy so much that it's actually had a negative effect on the game. Whereas with pitching, some of the analytics with what the guys at drive line are doing, with what Trevor Bauer has been doing, uh, of course the Reds, especially uh, you're seeing that with Sonny Gray, um, you're seeing the pitching kind of benefiting from some of the analytics, but I think the hitting. Uh, not just because the pitching is getting better, but because they're, it's changing the way hitters are approaching the game, I think's made things a lot worse over the last couple of years. Yeah, and, and you know, I think plus hitters these days strike out a lot. They strike oh, out a lot. Absolutely. Back in them days, you didn't see hitters striking out 100 times unless your name was Mike Schmidt or Reggie <laughs> Jackson. But Joe Morgan did never struck out 100 times in a season. He walked over 100 times in a season because he had a great eye to play. Right. And pitching, I mean, I don't know much about the pitching in the 70s besides what I saw with Nolan Ryan and Catfish Hunter. Those guys were phenomenal pitchers who probably didn't walk a lot of guys. They did strike out a lot of guys. We know Nolan Ryan did. Uh, Joe, <clears throat> Joe was one of those types of hitters that would just walk. He would not strike out. And then he'd get on base, he'd steal it, he'd bat 300. He was a right. phenomenal player. Oh yeah, and deserves us two MVP seasons. Oh, absolutely. With the with the Reds, uh, his eight seasons with the Reds, he hit two eighty eight, a uh, four fifteen on base percentage, four seventy four seventy slugging, uh, for an eight eighty five OPS. Uh, he had uh, with the Reds a total of one hundred and fifty two home runs, six hundred twelve RBIs, uh, four hundred and six stolen bases. Was only caught stealing eighty four times in eight eight seasons with the Reds. He only had 410 strikeouts. That's incredible. <laughs> Especially when you look at, at things today. So he had um, 888, I'm sorry, 881 walks with the Reds and only 410 strikeouts. I mean, he, he, he doubled getting on base rather than striking oh, out. Oh, absolutely. And and you need hitters like that today that, that need to do that. Yeah. You know, you need a guy like a Barry Bonds who used to get walked potentially a lot, but he still walked a lot. Right. Uh, the, his hits numbers were, I mean, of course, he, you know, he's getting on base uh, just walking 881 times in those eight seasons. But uh, uh, his hits, 1,155 hits during that time. 
in uh, almost 5,000 plate appearances, 4,973, uh, 220 doubles, uh, 27 triples. Uh, definitely. I, I mean, unfortunately I was, I was born in 75, so I missed a lot of those years and don't remember the years that I was there. Cause I think my earliest memories is uh, 1980 at uh, spring training, uh, seeing Johnny bench and some of those guys and seeing bench try to play third base, uh, which was, uh, was an adventure. That was, that, I'm sure that was a sight, <laughs> but uh, I mean, I was, a, Johnny bench was probably my very first, uh, favorite athlete, but, uh, Seeing Joe Morgan in, in, in his later years, uh, seeing some old classic uh, film, the stuff he did with the Reds, and after 2010 with the Castellinis took over and brought him in as an advisor, um, made me appreciate uh, what he did for the Big Red Machine uh, that that much more. And, of course, uh, after the Reds, he played two years with San Francisco. Uh, Philadelphia played their year and uh, finished his career in Oakland. Uh, and even even Oakland, if you look at the stats and comparing them to the to some of the stats today, you're like, oh, he's a everyday starter, two forty four, three fifty six, three fifty one, that season, and still had almost twice as many walks as he did strikeouts, even even in his uh, probably his worst year. Well, if you look at his, his postseason stats, were not great. I mean, he only batted one eighty two in a postseason, but he had some very key hits. Yeah, he had some big games. Obviously, the World Series in '75 and '76. Right. Well, he got the he got the uh, uh, game winning RBI uh, in Game Seven of of the '75 uh, World Series, driving in King Griffey Senior. Yeah, that big bloop in center field. Oh, absolutely. So, you major. know, so, sometimes it's not how, especially in the postseason, it's not how many hits you have; it's when you get them. Yeah, yeah, it was it's situational hitting. Absolutely. I mean. Uh, if the Reds could have got some big hits, I mean, they had a ton of hits in uh, the first game against the uh, Braves, and if they could have uh, turned a few of those into runs, uh, they might be uh, in the World Series at this time. You, you never know what would happen if you got past that first series, but uh, unfortunately, they didn't. So, um, so we're here talking about uh, about uh, other things now on this podcast, and uh, of course, Joe Morgan, great player for the Reds, and uh, after. After uh, 22 seasons in the big leagues, uh, he retired in 1980. After the 1984 season, at age 40, uh, 11,329 plate appearances, uh, ended his career with a uh, 100.5 wins above replacement, which is which is amazing. Yeah. Um. Also had uh, 268 home runs. Uh, 1,133 RBI, 689 stolen bases, and uh, 1,865 walks, 1,015 strikeouts, a 271 hitter lifetime with a 392 on base percentage, 427 slugging. Definitely a Hall of Fame career. Um, He's a five-time Gold Glover as well. Oh, absolutely. So, some yeah, some of his... Uh, Awards, 10-time All-Star, two-times World Series champion, two-time NL MVP, five-time Gold Glove winner, 1973 through 77. Got the Silver Slugger Award in 1982, which is kind of amazing that he didn't get that any of the years with the Reds. Uh, his number Reds number eight, of course, was retired, became a member of the Reds and Astros Hall of Fame 
and was inducted into the uh, Baseball Hall of Fame in 1990 uh, with uh, the first ballot with 81.8% of the vote, which, you know, looking at the stats, and this drives me crazy every year with the Hall of Fame voting, uh, is with some of these guys, how do you not vote for them the first ballot? I understand there's a, supposed to be this uh, kind of like honor being a first ballot Hall of Famer, but in that, when you get into the museum, it doesn't say first ballot Hall of Famer. It just says Hall of Famer on the plaque. So uh, I, I think the media, the writers make a little bit too much of a big deal. I think some guys, are, you, you just got to go, they are a Hall of Famer or not. I and mean, Granted, they get 10 votes per year. Uh, but um, now the process is a lot more open, seeing how some of the votes uh, happen, uh, especially nowadays, uh, it, it just kind of makes me question. But 81.8% of the first ballot Hall of Famer, Grant definitely deserved, uh, I think his career deserved 100%, but uh, there's only been one player that's got that so far. Yep. Uh, so, and you know, they were a little bit more selective back then. And then to be fair, some of the writers may have never seen Joe Morgan play. He played, uh, the majority of his peak of the career in the uh, national league games were not televised, even in your local market all the time, like they are today. Uh, you get the one game national game of the week. Uh, of course, you know, you did see his performance in the world series, but like you said, his postseason stats were not, uh, impressive other than, uh, just getting the big hits. So, um, so, yeah, I think people people need to realize that when guys like him and Pete Rose they they played in the they started in the sixties. Right. There was no cable. There was no cable television. Not till the eighties. <laughs> yeah, you didn't you didn't get to see these guys. You know, every day you get to see them maybe once a week or whatever, once a month or whatever, whatever they showed them on TV. Right. So you didn't get the privilege as much as we do now with what we have. Right, and you had Monday night. You had Monday night baseball, which is really cool. I, I wish that would. I know ESPN kind of does. It just seems watered down today to me just because it back then it was special to be able to, you know, watch a San Francisco Giants, Los Angeles Dodgers game, uh, teams the Reds were playing for in the National League West, seeing a Monday night game. Uh, today, you know, you can I, I can watch every game with MLB's uh, TV package. So it's, it's just not as... Uh, not as special. I mean, it, it's really cool having the access we do today. But back then, in, in some ways, it was it was much more special to uh, see a game on TV, and in, in turn, I think made going to the ballpark a little bit more special as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, I think back, I think back then because you didn't have TV all the time, so right. going to the game was really awesome. Right, and uh, of course, uh, speaking of TV, after uh, Joe retired, he moved into a broadcasting career, starting his broadcasting career. In 1985 for the Reds, and of course he got to call one of the uh, more famous uh, games in the Reds history, especially in the 1980s. Uh, Morgan, along with Ken Wilson, uh, called Pete Rose's record-breaking 4192 career hit. And I just something hit me when I read that. I really hope I left that tape at my parents' house because... Uh, in my moves, I threw away every single VHS tape I had. So, uh, and I did have that game recorded off Channel Five, uh, who was the uh, broadcaster of choice for the Reds back in the eighties. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know who the play-by-play guy was, uh, but he uh, was Ken Wilson. Ball. Ken Wilson was nah. I liked Ken Wilson growing up, but uh, Joe Morgan though, he just had a great voice. He, of course, you know, he played the game, so he could add a lot of color to uh, the commentary. And, uh, you know, uh, he is uh, kind of like Al Michaels. His stint in Cincinnati didn't last very long because a year later 
He started a uh, nine-year stint as announcer for the uh, San Francisco Giants and uh, then um, also worked for the A's in the 1995 season. But in 1986, ESPN hired uh, Joe Morgan uh, to call Monday Night Baseball and uh, the College World Series games. Of course, I thought I thought in 86, uh, ABC. Yep, that's correct. So um, in 86, uh, ABC Sports, of course, um, had the uh, Monday night baseball rights, and uh, Morgan worked from the, for them from '88 to '89. Uh, worked for NBC Sports uh, some from '94 to 2000, uh, working with Bob Costas and and uh, Bob Uecker, uh until '97 with with uh, Mr. Baseball, who's one of my favorite announcers and uh, personalities in the game of baseball. I love Bob Uecker. He's amazing. Yeah, Morgan called three World Series in 95, 97, and 99, and four All-Star games, uh, 94, 96, 98, and 2000, as well as some AL- ALCSs and NL- NLCSs. Of course, you know, I, I think a lot of people know him from broadcasting uh, with his work for Sunday Night Baseball with uh, John Miller and Oral Hershiser. Uh, you know, I remember Oral Hershiser. Um, be like the third man. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. But John Miller, though, John Miller and, uh, Joe Morgan, they were, they were a great team. They were a great team. And I, and that's the only reason I really watched Sunday night baseball was because of Joe Morgan and, and John Miller. Cause John Miller, his voice is, is really, I loved, I loved his voice too. I know he's a giants announcer, but I mean, his voice too would, would just make the game better. Oh, absolutely. And he worked for ESPN up until 2010 when, he uh, joined the Reds organization as a special advisor to uh, baseball operations and um, did not return for the 2011 season on uh, for Sunday Night Baseball. But uh, John Miller and, and uh, Joe Morgan were two of the best uh, broadcasters, especially for national baseball games uh, that was out there. I I really enjoyed the, enjoyed their calls. Still enjoyed uh, John Miller's calls uh when i got the chance to listen to him on xm uh i believe for giants games yeah i know john does john even call him anymore or is he retired uh you know i'm not uh 100 percent uh sure on that uh i can google uh, search it real quick uh he still uh is a play-by-play announcer for the giants at age 69 okay. Uh, it's great. Uh, I greatly enjoy uh, listening to his uh, broadcast uh, while I listen to the Reds on XM in my office and work during normal seasons. Uh, if they're playing a day game out there, I get a chance to uh, hear some of his work uh, because they XM, if you're listening, uh, not on the uh, cell phone app, but the old school radio XM radio, uh, uh, it only played the uh home broadcast so some it's a great way to listen to some of the broadcasts and really be appreciative uh for the broadcasters that the reds employ from tommy thrall to uh the cowboy uh it, they are truly some of the best in the game yeah i mean tom tommy's gonna get uh he's gonna be he's gonna be really good right uh, I, like, I like tommy i think he does a great job he, he fills some big shoes yeah so morgan was also on the mlb 2k video game uh and uh, and started a one-hour sports talk uh, program on Sports Talk Radio, Sports USA Radio Network back in 2011. Uh, of course, he also was a Red Special Advisor to Baseball Operations and, and to uh, directly to 
uh, Bob Castellini. Uh, I know there was, I know he had Bob Castellini's ear on what the team needed to do uh, throughout the seasons. And, uh, and, you know, the, the rebuild went slower. I, I don't think you put any of that blame on, on Joe Morgan. He was just advising then what he saw in the clubhouse, what he saw in the field. Uh, definitely a great part, a great ambassador to the uh, club, to the city as well. Yeah, you can't ask for anybody better than Joe Morgan. Because he, he did a lot of work uh, building the uh, Urban Youth Academy, which is, is a treasure for the city of Cincinnati. It was one of the first uh, MLB Urban academies in the united states um i don't think it was the first but it was, it was one of the driving initiatives of the commissioner back then as well as major league baseball the cincinnati reds uh, bob castellini and the reds community fund were big drivers behind that it's a great facility they offer uh tons of tutorials baseball tutorials to uh kids in the region uh and, and just to um you know, bring the game of baseball as to as many new people as possible, new kids that uh, that may not have the opportunity otherwise. Yeah, and, and and Joe was, you know, he can't have a better ambassador to the game than Joe Morgan was with the children, because right. he wanted to see the game progress through them, and knowing that they have the future, and he knew that, and he said that to him a lot because I used to see. When they do the, they would go and, and do the Reds Community Fund for the fields. Joe would be there, and he would speak and tell them, you know, this is you guys are the future, and we want to make sure that you have the right field for it. Right. And Joe, Joe was a, Joe was just a great man. Yes, yes, he was. Unfortunately, I never got a chance to uh, meet him uh, in person or get a photo taken with him at any of the Reds Fest. I was close one time, but uh, he was running late or uh, had to miss that session. So. Uh, for uh, whatever reason, and I missed out that chance, but uh, still great person. Uh, of course, he uh, put his name uh, to the car dealership up in, uh, I believe, near Westchester, and uh, really kept his name out in the community. It was always a pleasure to listen to. Of course, he fought uh, a uh, leukemia back in uh, and uh, MDS, which is a uh, blood cancer. Uh, got a bone marrow transplant back in uh, twenty. Um, 15, uh, of course, uh, you know, there was some talk that it was going to be really tough. That, that is a, uh, a vicious disease. And then, uh, of course, uh, unfortunately passed away, uh, October 11th of this year, 2020, age of 77 from a non-specified polyneuropathy, uh, which when I read it sounds very painful, unfortunately, but, uh, a uh, very sad day for Reds country, but uh, Joe Morgan, one of the best uh, in Reds history, not just players, but uh, people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, the Reds, I believe next year are going to wear number eight on their sleeves or on their chest. Uh, so we'll see. Um, we'll see maybe one day. I don't know if he had a day grandchildren, right? Uh, he had some kids <laughs> and grandchildren. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if any of them uh, play baseball or not, but uh, he had uh, twins in 1991, so. Um, Might be a little late for them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, anyway, uh, definitely a, uh, a great uh, part of Reds history, great part of baseball history, great part of American history. Uh, Joe Morgan, Hall of Famer. Hall of Fame uh, baseball player and Hall of Fame uh, uh, person. 
Yeah, one of the best. So I think that wraps up uh, this episode of Breakdown. Uh, next week, we'll talk about the 2012 Reds. And uh, don't forget to take uh, to subscribe to this show if you like it. Uh, subscribe to it even if you don't like it. And uh, take a screenshot. Email that to contest at redsfanschatter.com with the code word Joe. I hope that's the code word I gave earlier, but <laughs> I hope so. I don't even know if I gave one earlier. I'll, I'll make sure that's, <laughs> that's there, but code word, code word Joe. And uh, you'll be in the uh, running for the Marty Brenneman uh, commemorative microphone. So until next time, uh, may uh, Joe Morgan rest in peace and go Reds. Go Reds.